0: U.S. Olympic athletes, adult film stars, and sportsmen drag racing. Big Jed, we were live once again a day early this weekend. Why are we going live?
1: Because we needed our schedules to sync up early in the week, Luke, because we are all going to PRI. We're going P-R-I. to the PRI show in Indy.
0: Here we come, hashtag loyal listeners. Come find us at PRI. I can't tell you yeah. where to find us because we're not – the sports and drag racing podcast is not successful enough to warrant a booth no, but show, but we'll be boots on the ground. We'll be walking around. So if you see me, you see yeah. me, Jed, stop in, say hello.
1: Please do say hello and let us know you listen. Uh, we don't have an autograph session or any kind of press conference release or anything special, but you know, it'd be pretty special just to get to shake your hand. So please, please catch up with us if you get the chance.
0: We are following up. this is part two of the discussion that we started a week ago. The question being, who is the face of racing in your state? um we, we stopped at you know, the Midway, the natural stopping point a week ago. so we will pick up with the Buckeyes. don't, don't worry, we'll get there. Uh, it did have a couple of uh maybe errors and omissions from last week, predictably. We, we yeah. threw up a couple of bricks last week. Uh, I said I, I nominated Ricky Decker as a viable candidate for the face of Kentucky. As it turns out, Big Jed, Ricky Decker does not reside in the state of Kentucky. Who knew? Indiana guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, Who? well, gets tricky up in there.
0: It does. It does. Speaking of Indiana guys, and, and in my defense, Ricky Decker's Louisville guy. Could, could hit a golf ball, I think. From where he lives to the state of Kentucky. Uh, we, we debated earlier. I can't remember if recorded or not. We debated whether or not that's over a river. I think there's a river in between there. Uh, it's well, got to be. Had some time to do some research. Didn't do it. Um, but yeah, Ricky Decker <clears throat> close to Kentucky. Not not in Kentucky. Sorry, Ricky. Speaking yeah. of potential representatives for Indiana, which by default, Ricky Decker is one. But the the face of racing in Indiana, we had one glaring omission. Aaron Vale. How would we miss that?
1: Yeah, that was tough.
0: I'm a live feed. You shared a great Aaron Vale story. You want, you want to throw that in just just for, yeah, the, for the audio yeah, listeners as well? Absolutely.
1: Uh, Aaron Vale should have been my choice because uh, people that support my parts calls when I'm announcing are are the most near and dear to me. I did a parts call for some chocolate milk at the Fall Fling in Bristol, and granted, I had to call it out three or four times, but the lovely Miss Vale came up and she brought me a nice fresh jug of chocolate milk and I said this is a this is a pretty good size jug here you just need to pour some she said oh no I had to get it out of the refrigerator this was 10 o'clock on Sunday morning she said I had to get it out of the refrigerator and make room for my beer and make sure I could get more of my beer cold and this big jug of chocolate milk had to go I was going to throw it out but you wanted it so here you go (laughs) so I mean anybody's making room for their beer and wants to give me their chocolate milk, that's a home run.
0: If you are familiar with the Vail Crew, or perhaps if you're not, that comes as no surprise. Good stuff. Zero. (laughs) From perhaps the face of racing in the great state of Indiana. We talked about Idaho last week. We settled on the kid family as being our, our representatives. I don't think we're ready to waver from that, but we did not mention the New family and got a lot of, of, of uh, mentions for the news. So I think they're they're certainly worthy of that. Uh, the new family, obviously uh, owner operators of Firebird Raceway in Boise. Uh, and again, like it, it brings up the interesting discussion of what we see from outside versus racers within the state. I think for racers within the state and, and, or the region, the new family might be the answer for those of us looking in from afar who is, who represents the state from outside, perhaps the state of Ohio? I, th- I think it's kind of a layup for the kids. And one other that we missed, that I mentioned on the live feed, that I think missed the uh, the initial recording. Uh, I don't know that anyone necessarily brought this to our attention, but we struggled to find a uh, representative from the state of Missouri. We bounced around a little bit, and one that you probably settle on It's probably the right answer, Mister Dirt Brett Kepner. Sorry we missed that.
1: Yeah, Mister Dirt, one of the most. Uh famous and popular figures in drag racing period from every level of it. Uh, he, he races a, a four-door passenger vehicle like a, you know like Ford LTDs and that type of stuff in the bracket races in the area of his country. His country and the area of the country that he resides in, in Missouri. The and country uh, of
0: Missouri, along with the state of Canada. He's also,
1: well. he's also covered drag racing at the most highest professional level as a reporter and, uh, and commentator. So easy choice was Brett Kepner. And we whiffed.
0: It was a layup that we threw into the front row. <laughs> Sorry. We, we probably do that again on this show, just that as we record this, we're not aware of it yet. So we'll probably leave next week's show the exact same way. What we've got yeah. to get to today, the, the conclusion of our our face of the state, we get to Ohio, we get to Tennessee, Texas. We've got some sanctioning body news that we'll lead with. We've got some winter series news that we'll lead with, not just in the state of Florida, Big Jed, all that and much more, but first
1: jizzle for risk what you've been waiting for this here is that moment to go green hit the tree and we'll
0: we'll come back and we'll come back and 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 re-hit that intro as we go this live good thing man, it, it puts some pressure on us.
1: just so, so stressful look so stressful I no mean, one need to this is no place to discuss it, but I'd like to renegotiate my contract if we're if we're going to be live a lot. Um, you know, the the twenty five hundred dollars a show that you're paying me now, that's going to have to go to thirty five hundred a show if we're live. Uh, I just really don't think I can work for twenty five hundred dollars a show.
0: No, live, but again,
1: them. very unprofessional of me to discuss that live here, but we'll we'll talk off air.
0: <laughs> this is the part where actually, this is the part where if we weren't recording live, we would just say, "Oh, I to scrap that. Let's start over." But if not, this is the part we would say, but first, P j North, but we still haven't figured out how to queue <laughs> up that music. So let's dive right into. We've got some some news that I think is is noteworthy that that we should discuss perhaps before we uh, return to our face of the state uh, discussion. And it starts, there's a lot of sanctioning body news today, Big Jed, but I I guess it starts with the the winter series, right? As that that continues on in Florida, we actually had multiple events on the docket last week that I I think are worth discussing.
1: Yeah, most definitely, um, you know, this time of year, as you mentioned last week, if you're going to be racing, you need to be somewhere near water. Last I checked, Florida's got a lot of water around it. So we all know Florida is the place to be for uh, bracket racing or sportsman racing this time of year Um, so we uh, we had an event in Gainesville which doesn't see a lot of big money events but it uh, looked like it brought a pretty decent crowd to the pits there at uh, Gainesville Raceway and it brought some all-stars out Uh, they had a 10k on Friday 20k on Saturday no box I know was 5k on Friday. I think it might have been 25. I mean, a uh, 5k Saturday. It might have been 2500 Sunday or Friday. I'm I don't even know what days I'm saying now because I'm live, <laughs> and you know I just can't get anything right when I'm live. <laughs> nonetheless,
0: loyal listeners, we'll settle in. Give us give us an hour. <laughs> so, we'll get it right. Yeah.
1: Steve Witherow won the 10k on Friday on the top and uh, the
0: uppercase W.
1: Yes, pretty uh, pretty good event win for Wetherow there as he's traveled south to warmer weather and racing conditions. Got the win over Garrett Browning. Garrett was the runner up in the 10k. On the bottom, Friday's winner was Brett Veneman. Uh, drove his Pontiac GTO, late model GTO there, won the race and then drove home. Got the win over Tony Gambardella. Tony, a tough no-box racer. And his little S10. Saturday's 5K no box, which is a big deal down there, by the way, in Gainesville. Huge deal. And no surprise here. Won by Jason Rollins. A mainstay there at Gainesville. Has dominated that facility on the bottom for many, many years. Got the 5K win over Michael Nobles. And then the showcase race of the event, Luke, was a 20K on the top which again is a huge event for Gainesville. Really proud of the folks at Gainesville for putting this together and bringing in uh, people from all over the place. That was one by Mr. Gary Williams. G-Dub collects the 20K. Yeah, he's he's one of the Williams brothers from Florida. You probably don't know him, but G-Dub gets the 20K win. And the borrowed ride to Camaro, I say borrowed ride, he's been driving it quite a bit. So I guess he's more of a hired gun than a borrowed ride. He got the win over Scott Gibson, Luke. I had an uh, easy very, one in the final, I saw. Very interesting run in the final. Gibson laid him down seven total, which is an all-star run, 001 dead six. And that collects win lights in every race. Uh, certainly big races, Those are those are great runs. He got four change, Luke. He almost got a nickel back. He got four back. G Dub 001 matched him on the starting line, goes dead to, Obviously, one take four to be three total. Nasty, nasty lap in both lanes. And G Dub comes out on top. No surprise there as well. Really good event with some great All Star winners. And uh, really, again, proud of the folks at Gainesville for putting this together and uh, having a great event right there in the winter series for the folks down in that area. And, uh, Luke, it was the Mike Ledford show over in Immokalee or I say over down in Immokalee
0: down, just keep going down, down.
1: Yeah. See Castro,
0: turn around, come back one block.
1: Ledford making his annual trip South, uh, obviously owner of mid Michigan and, uh, you know, puts on the world super pro challenge along with many other races throughout the year. Um, Gets the gets a 5k win down there. He had a runner up in a 5k. Uh, Claude Debonis got the win over him. Uh, that was Saturday when he run it up and he comes back on Sunday and wins in his S10. I saw his Facebook post and uh, talked a bit in the in the runner up alone. He, he just said, I love this place. Obviously does well down there uh, this time of year when he makes his way south and uh, he's he's off to a really good start this year with a runner up and a win and Immokalee and uh, good for Claude DeBonus too. Claude's one of those old guys uh, that uh, I think you mentioned for Florida that you know you could if we went back uh, maybe 10-15 years you could say it'd be Claude DeBonus or maybe even 20 years. Claude's been doing it a long time been doing it well a long time so good for him getting a getting a win there in Immokalee.
0: Two wheels uh, or four. Claude the bonus. Two
1: wheels or four. What yes. about
0: um, Ledford, you know, talking about how he loves that place? You've never been to Immokalee, right? I have not. I don't know that I've met anybody that's been to Immokalee that doesn't say that. Like it's just one of those places. It's got really good vibes. Like you roll in the gate and you can't help but have a good time. They got a freaking small block Chevrolet turning ice cream. Oh my goodness. Yes, Immok- I would love that. At least they used to. I ain't been in a while, but Immokalee cool.
1: Yeah, sounds like a great place and uh, somewhere that I would certainly enjoy racing if I could make it down there. Did, what'd you say? You go to you go to Cuba and and turn left, or I don't remember what you said, but That's, it sounds like it's way down there.
0: That was the the famous Bruce Thrift directions to Amacly. It's like you going to Amacly? <laughs> yeah, you been there before? No. Oh, it's easy to get to. You just go to you see Castro, turn around, come back one block. That's his <laughs> way of saying it's
1: way down there, big guy. It Gids. sounds way down there. And speaking <laughs> of people that love that place. How about Nikki Thomas? Nikki uh, taking her S10 and racing the no box category where they had a couple of five granders. She won both of them, Luke, both five granders on the bottom. And she was the runner up in Mike Ledford's 5K win on the top. So Nikki uh, getting after it and doing the business down there and having herself a great event there at Immokalee as well. So really happy to see that for Nikki.
0: Goodness, Jed! You said it was a Mike Ledford show. Sounds to me like it was the Nikki Thomas show. I think you muted yourself somehow. I see your lips moving, but I, I can't make out the
1: words. I <laughs> hate live podcast. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, yes, it was. Uh, it was the Nikki Thomas show uh, because she's bottom bubbing. That's way harder than top bubbing. So Nikki definitely put on quite a show and uh, really happy for that she's uh, she's had um some ups and downs in her racing and certainly i saw a post of hers that talked about her late father and, and i know he would have been super proud of this effort and would have been right there supporting her so good for nikki yeah and I then, think
0: this is a bit of a, a preview or a prelude to what's to come i believe immokley is next on the schedule this week I, I apologize i don't have that in front of me but I think that this race was leading up to a bigger week at Immokalee, and obviously there's plenty of, uh, of big-dollar action throughout the state of Florida in the coming weeks. So we'll we'll do our best to cover that as it happens.
1: Yeah, so hopefully the people that are putting those events on do a real good job posting their results so we can see and, and who's getting it done and highlight that, uh, Luke. Lastly, uh, the guys at Loose Rocker took the fall footbreak frenzy That was supposed to happen thanksgiving weekend but could not happen due to some pretty rough weather conditions they took that to coastal plains dragway in jacksonville north carolina and um near water very near water yes it's definitely on the the far east coast of north carolina it's not just a clever
0: name coastal plains
1: it is not just a, a clever name and Again, you know, these (laughs) we talked about these two guys in particular as the, the guys that have had the best season thus far on the bottom in terms of just impactful wins. And they squared off and I say squared off. They had a split and quit final round in the gamblers race to start the event on Friday. And that was Nick Hastings and Lucas Walker those two guys got to the final of the $3,000 to win gambler's race and they just called it quits and split whatever the purse was that were that was remaining that was scheduled to have a 20 grander on Saturday and a 20 grander <clears throat> excuse me on Sunday and weather I think I saw Beard said uh, the weather guessers or something got it wrong I can't remember exactly how he put it but it was supposed to have good weather and they just had spitting rain seemingly all day and cool temps so they had to cancel Saturday's 20k they moved it all to Sunday for a 40k and lo and behold familiar guys in the final once again Dave Harvey Jr gets the 40k win over Kevin Pollard a couple of hall of famers first ballot hall of famers Harvey just stays on a heater in a car that he's been racing for decades. Literally, Um, Dave, you know, he's won uh, our he won 110 grand uh, last year in 2021 at Bristol. He won a 25 grander on Sunday in July at Bristol. He wins 10 granders like I eat bowls of cereal. And here he is with another 40 grander uh, there at Coastal Plains, just a huge deal. And dave harvey showing that he is definitely one of the best to ever do this over getting the win over one of the best to ever do it just a all-star cast down there i think the crowd was a little lighter than what they had hoped but with all those weather challenges and having to move the event i'm sure they were prepared for that uh but the guys and gals that were there were putting on quite a show and making some killer runs so it was a tough outing, and uh, and it had some uh, incredible performances, and the winners were very deserving.
0: With what level of frequency do you consume bowls of cereal?
1: Uh, I eat bowls of cereal about three nights a week. I'm a I'm That's a, a bowl of cereal, I'm a bowl of cereal for supper kind of guy. Um, you know, a lot of times the wife will say, "Well, you want for supper?" and it be some raisin bran crunch or cocoa Krispies.
0: I was, I was going to, that was my follow-up question was what's the go-to Raisin Bran, Crunch, Cocoa Krispies.
1: Yeah, those are definitely the go-to. I'll sprinkle in some Apple Jacks here and there, some Cinnamon Toast Crunch here and there. But if there's Raisin Bran or Cocoa Krispies, those are the two choices for sure.
0: Okay. I just wanted to clarify because if, yeah, if anybody was, was winning 10 granders as often as I consume bowls of cereal, they'd be broke. I, I'm just not a cereal What? Man. No. What? you get into it.
1: Is it the I, milk? Maybe. Because that's what been, I love about
0: it. I bet it's been a decade since I've had cereal.
1: Oh, my gosh. Look, this is live on, on air. I, I know. I mean, those I are things we clean. should discuss before you say them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just about cussed.
0: <laughs> that does not happen. That doesn't even happen off air.
1: Sometimes when I'm, when I'm out of cereal, I'll just pour the milk in the bowl and drink it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> to your point, first off. Awesome to see Kevin Pollard back out and, and doing what he does, right? That was a scary scene in Vegas, what, six months ago, eight months ago? So I I believe he's been back on the track quite a bit since. Yes. But it's good to see him back, kind of return to his winning ways.
1: Yeah, pretty sure he, uh, he made it back for um, our event in uh, September, uh, the Labor Day 250K, so – uh, might have made it back for the wfc actually but he, i think his first time back was one of our events in bristol so definitely happy to see that out of kp he was in um in raider campbell's camaro uh going 550 so he was uh he was definitely doing his thing like he always does and great to see him make a big final round there to, to end his season
0: 100 percent and you alluded to this like i don't know any of the the details from coastal plains but i feel good about saying this just because i know who's involved with the loose rocker group and, and beard and walton my assumption would be that this was was light just for all of the reasons that you mentioned in terms of like you moved the race and it's a week later it'd be easy to just pull the plug on that for them to actually go forward with this and in, in whatever fashion it, it ended up being and i know that they're Normally, they're always fair about whatever they do with purse distribution. Definitely. Like, I think it speaks to them and the following that they have to have this race at all. And then to pull it all off and have a 40 grand or the last day, like kudos.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. when there's potential challenges out there to the the typical crowd, and these guys pack it out, you know, 350, 380, 400. They put big numbers in the lanes for this foot brake race around Thanksgiving every year, uh, knowing that it didn't work for everybody's schedule to have to move it, but still finding a home for it and making it happen, um, they should be commended for that. That was a, that an awesome deal. And certainly appreciate those guys keeping the tradition alive. And uh, for for what cars were there, I think they were uh, paid uh, generously. I think the purse was excellent for, for that kind of crowd. So I know those guys were very, very appreciative.
0: All right, some sanctioning body news. Let's start with the N, NHRA news. NHRA named three, count of one, two, three new division directors since we last spoke, Big Jed. Craig Curdy will be the new division one director. Matt B. Young, I'm very familiar with, was a track operator at Tucson uh, for the last several years. He is now the division seven director, and Nick Duty took over the the position held for a long time for as long as I can remember by Rob Park in division five. One quick note. I got to share this big, Jed. I don't know if you saw this, Nick, we got to work on this. I love Nick duty, right? We grew up together. He's been a, been a guest on the show. Did you see the mugshot that NHRA used to announce Nick's presence?
1: Um, I didn't see it until I'm seeing it on the show notes, Luke. And, um, you know, I'm not real sure if he just got some bad news or, <laughs> you know, maybe they told him what he's making. Hey, just before you take this picture, here's your salary. <laughs> I, I don't know what they said, but it's just it, it. did not seem to sit very well with Nick, and I love Nick as well, but uh, Is, might
0: I, I'm going to just for our for our live audience, I'm going to share a screen here just in case you haven't seen this. I am going to single out my man Nick here. It's like NHRA called and said, hey, we got to get this pressure release out today. We need a picture. This is obviously a selfie slash mug shot from someone that's not used to taking selfies. Like at least look at the phone, right? Come on, Nick. Come on, man. We got to do better.
1: Yeah, he definitely uh he definitely could have put a better effort out right there. You know, my- I could even manscaped that chin just a little bit, you know. But <laughs> whatever. But, and I'm I'm one to speak. I mean, here I was forgetting that we're live, and I didn't put a good clean shave on, and I've developed this little this little white patch, like an old man patch, right here going on him. So I got. I mean, I have got some serious problems, and here I am talking about Nick Doody. Nick, I, my apologies. Oh my God, look at me
0: no room to talk yes
1: zero zero
0: (laughs) all right so new division directors in division one division five division seven now it, it should be noted that matt deyoung is coming in to um fill the void left by mike rice mike rice not going anywhere just got promoted from within uh mike rice transitions i believe his Official title now transitions from the Division Seven director, longtime D Seven director, to his new role as the Senior Director of Competition. All in all, that is three new Division Directors. Now keep in mind, Mattiash appointed mid-season, right? Still in her first year in Division Four, and uh, about the same time that this news came out, our Division Six Division Director Matt LaVonis made the announcement that he'll be leaving that post to pursue other opportunities so there'll be a new division six director as well that's that that altogether that makes five of the seven nhra division directors that when the calendar turns to january 1 will be in their first full year on the job and i guess there's there's a number of ways you could look at this jed like you could look at it as this is alarming like that's a whole new guard, right? How much is going to change with five of the of the seven division directors being new on the job? You could also look at it, I, and I feel like is is very justifiably from a racer standpoint of like, oh, this is intriguing. Because not only is this a, a new regime, um, I can't speak to the gentleman taking over in Division One, but no one Nick, no one Matt DeYoung, um, and, and just seeing what Maddie has done to this point. Did like you feel like you got a really good group, a very racer friendly, like very connected to the racers, like a, a a group of individuals that as racers, like we feel like we can trust to guide in the right direction. So on that end, it's intriguing. I think it will ultimately be super interesting because <clears throat> I don't know, we could probably have multiple guests on to speak to this. I've had positive working relationships with any number of NHRA division directors over the years, but I've never been like super close with one. So I don't really completely understand how much power, how much control those division directors really have, right? Like are they, is there as much freedom as there seems from the outside or are you ultimately answering to NHRA and, and doing, you know, how much are your hands tied, right? I guess my question would be moving forward, it feels like these are the right people in those roles. And I would say a few years down the road, we'll have a little bit better indication as to how much influence these division directors have. Does that make sense?
1: Makes perfect sense, Luke. And, um, you know, quick math did this on my phone, by the way, uh, tells me that 71.4% of the division directors this year are going to be new division directors. Shout out and, to the calculator app. Yes, the calculator apps, awesome. And I, you know, while I understand there has to be turnover and those things, that does seem like it's adding some additional challenges. Um, you know, not only in your division, but these division directors communicate and they try some consistency in their programs. So I'm sure the five that left, although not all have just totally disappeared from the NHRA scene, they were probably all working in a group and working on uh, the betterment of their program and maybe some rule changes and this and that. So I think this type of turnover um, stymies the the progress a little bit. Uh, I, I think it probably, hurts the, the sportsmen racers in ways that we don't always just directly feel but I think there's some some hurt in there that that will get felt eventually or you know the the joy might come at a later time for for certain changes that are being made so you know these are challenging things for the NHRA and I'm sure not ideal for them but I will say they got a, they got a really solid list of, of replacements um, some of the people as you mentioned that have vacated spots have not moved on. They've just moved so that will help but certainly um, at the very least this creates quite a few additional challenges uh, for these division directors and it certainly creates um, some things that the racers, it, it creates some uh, slowdown of the joy that the racers are looking for because I know You know, every year there's a lot of things discussed about bracket finals and um, certainly divisionals that that these guys are heavily involved in and races in their division. So, um, you know, it's, it's definitely going to be challenging at the very least, but uh, I think that, uh, I think they got it right based on the names that I've seen, at least what I know of a few of them. And uh, I think that um, the choices were very good and going to allow them the best chance at the best results.
0: Yeah, agree 100%. Continuing on the the sanctioning body theme, uh as we lead up to to PR to PRI, WDRA once again making a splash big Jed. They, I, I said they won the press release when they when they made their initial announcements. It sounds like that's been the push again this week, most notably from WDRA, the announcement that Summit Racing Equipment has uh, has aligned with uh, with Wdra and and I guess that's the the latest chapter in this odd saga. This whole Wdra Ihra development, like um, um, interesting stuff. Like eventually, I think ten years from now we get a we get an ESPN thirty for thirty that that details all that we don't completely understand about this and don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But for right now, it's just kind of intriguing to watch it all unfold, right?
1: Yeah, intriguing is a word. Um... For me, it's a little aggravating, really, Luke. I don't. I'm not a. I'm not a fan of uh, these kind of changes being made. It's hard to
0: keep uh, up with.
1: Yeah, they're 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 they're. I'm not sure they were made for the best reasons. Um, I understand relationships are relationships, and that's a that's a natural thing. That's just life. But I, if if Summit were planning to exit the IHRA program, I would have preferred that they at least gave a year notice and said, hey, here's, you know, this will be our final year. Maybe it was a contract year and it was over. And
0: Well, I think it's worth noting, like I could be off base in this, Jed, but I don't believe that Summit's agreement with WDRA necessarily excludes it from continuing with IHRA. Like, obviously, they're going to continue their NHRA program. Like Summit may well just be involved in everything, right? And I think that's the way a lot of us as racers read it is Summit chose one or the other that I guess that may end up being the case. But um, I, I think that's very much open to interpretation at this point. My assumption is that they'll continue with IHRA as well.
1: Well, if that's happening, then then that's a wonderful thing and certainly um, gives them the opportunity to support more racers and more race programs, which is a wonderful thing. And uh, as long as it doesn't cut any funding for any other organization, and they're just adding this to their list, then kudos to Summit. And uh, certainly uh, the racers uh, win in this deal wholeheartedly. So um, I'm I'm hopeful that's the case Luke I, I I guess I took it as they made a decision to go another route but if that's not happening then uh, I'm very happy
0: well like and that may well be the case Jed I just don't I don't think that that's necessarily the the takeaway here right or it doesn't have to be I guess we'll get more clarity as we go but if we zoom out a little bit from this like it feels as though it has felt as though in recent weeks perhaps recent Months, it's felt as though IHRA kind of regained some of that momentum from the 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 hit of WDRA making its initial announcement. And IHRA is like, I see track signings, I see they're putting together their uh, their Champ car for the um some or the Super Series giveaway trailers, golf cart giving away a ton of stuff, right? So, and and I just constantly IHRA has been at the top of my newsfeed for lack of a better term for several weeks now. Now WDRA makes this pretty significant splash, which again, feels like it's timed intentionally prior to PRI, right? Get some buzz around the, the industry trade show. Um, and that's led by the the summit agreement that they announced. Um, there's some other things that they've announced as well. Uh, I guess what's what's probably the most intriguing is this uh wagering app that's going to be part of the, the WDRA program. We've partnered with WinLight Vets. I don't know exactly what that looks like. We want to dive a little bit further into that, because I think I've said as much on the podcast, like it, that's at some point I, I ventured to say that this is potentially the future of our sport. I don't know that this agreement necessarily is that, but it's definitely a step in that direction. So it's going to be really fascinating to see. Um, at this point, all of it, all of it, the whole WDRA deal, and to some extent, IHRA stuff as well, like it's, there's more questions than answers, right? Um, but it's, it's fun to talk about, and it certainly appears at this point, at least for 2023, I still have my doubts as to how sustainable uh, either business model is going forward, but at least for 2023, it certainly appears imminent that we're gonna have three major sanctioning bodies to choose from competing, I guess, on some level for the, the sportsman drag racer and the sportsman drag racing track dollar now beyond 2023, who knows, but it certainly appears that all three are going to go strong into next season.
1: Well, that's certainly what I hope. I'm definitely hopeful that, um, you know, the, the existing organizations are able to continue on with the programs that they've built and the racers that have helped them build it, the Race tracks has helped them build it. Uh, you know, I wish WDRA nothing but the best, but, I uh, I certainly don't want to see uh, any relationships severed in terms of these sponsorships, like like this summit thing. You know, I I definitely don't want to see them choose one over the other. Uh, If you know, if you're if you've been supporting NHRA and IHRA, there's racers that have really dedicated their racing program to your offerings and and trying to not only support you but you know win uh, important impactful championships with your logo on them so I would hate to see them in that with anyone uh, at, at the very least I, I hope if they're doing that they're doing it in addition to um, remind me Luke this week stop by the summit booth I, I'll talk to these guys I'll get all this straight uh, we'll, we'll get this thing squared away make sure they aren't making any bad decisions.
0: Hundred percent. You got to get to the bottom of this, Big Jed. Yeah, Boots on the it. ground journalism this week.
1: Yeah, Jed Pennington, Sportsman Drag Racing podcast. You got a moment? Yeah, <laughs> I got it.
0: There's there's one podcast that I listen to, Big Jed. It's it's basketball related, but one of the hosts, the go to line is uh, Coach Self. Coach Self. If I could have a word, you know, there's there's a lot of naysayers around the Kansas program, and I just wanted to get on record. Do, do you happen to have a message for the haters? So Jim Greenleaf, Summit Racing Equipment. Message for the haters, Jim Pendleton, <laughs> Sportsman
1: Drag Racing Podcast. Perfect. All right, I got it. I'm ready. On that note,
0: let's transition back into our our face of sportsman drag racing discussion. I, I won't spend too much time rehashing this because if you're uh, if you're on the live feed here, if you're a hashtag loyal listener, I assume you got the gist of of last week's show. There's been a, a fair amount of buzz uh, on social media about it, and uh, But the the idea here was, um, who is the individual that best personifies sportsman drag racing in your state? Just word association. Again, I won't go through all of these, but I say sportsman drag racing in Delaware. And Jed, you say...
1: Uh, Dan. Bastielli. Bastianelli. <laughs> it's literally in his name. The Delaware destroyer. The, the Delaware, yeah, the Delaware destroyer. destroyer.
0: I say sportsman drag racing in Maine. You say
1: Kyle Cotrera. But yeah, that's like, we, like you said layout. Yeah, it.
0: we've we've been through this. Illinois, it's the folks. Alabama, I think it's you, Big Jet. Like we, we went through all of that last week. Right? Am I blushing? So, and and when we left off, you know, kind of teed this up for this week. There's only one place to begin. <laughs> yeah oh oh Big Jed, the Buckeye State. When I say Ohio, you think?
1: Well, definitely a lot of names come to mind, but for me, first is Rick Bear, and this we'll have to have a ruling because he lives in Tennessee now. But
0: has lived in Tennessee for a while.
1: He has lived in Tennessee for a while, but I am, I am a. a, a college football fan, by the way, pro Buckeye, this whole, this whole playoff thing, just out of control. I'm kidding. They got it right. But he's obviously a Buckeye fan, a huge Buckeye fan. So I see him interacting in social media about racing. I see him interacting about football or any sports in general, anything Ohio state plays. So for me immediately, I just think of Rick bear. Plus, I think bottom bulb a lot, but there is a glaring choice. And and he's an all star, he's an all star racer all the way around. He at top or the bottom. He's an all star top bulb racer, Luke.
0: All right, I, I think I know where you're going.
1: You know where I'm going.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's my pick ultimately. It, yes. If I had to, if I had to say who pers- who personifies the state of Ohio, I think it's Matt Daddis. It is for me, and and that's pretty high praise for the racing history in that state the number of big names from there and the age of Matt Daddis, right? Like he's not really been doing this that long, but to me, he sticks out. Um, it's unfortunate, whether it's fair or unfair. I do think there is a generation of racers, probably our generation, Big Jed, more or less, that still says, even though this is two plus decades ago, what what's the first word association in the state of Ohio in sportsman drag racing? The Dirty Dozen. Right, yes. fairly or unfairly, like that's a stigma that I don't think has completely gone away. Um, and I think you could make if you want to make an argument for Billy Bader, I'm listening. If you want to make an argument for the Coughlin family, I'm listening. You want to make an argument for Nick Hastings, you could go a lot of different ways here, right? Chris Bayer, Ken Sullivan, um, the Connollys, like on down the line, but I think. <clears throat> I've been pretty vocal about my my feelings on on my my personal racing experiences in the state of Ohio. If I'd never been racing in the state of Ohio and I met Matt Daddis and I thought, this guy's from Ohio? Like I'd want to go race in Ohio thinking they're all like him. Unfortunately, in my experience are not, but I like Matt a lot, right? And I just think he's oh, a yeah. great representative. Um, both like behind the 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 curtain, so to speak, of social media and in person. I just think you couldn't ask for a better representative. I think it's hard not to like the guy and a great racer. I I think if you pick in the face of the state, that's where I'd go today.
1: Yeah, it would be hard to argue against that. Again, I, I, as I said in the last show, I lean bottom bulb uh, just for whatever reason, you know, that's, that's just what I think of first. Matt, that is certainly uh, the face of racing for the state of Ohio, although it feels like he does very little of his racing in Ohio, it seems like he's everywhere but Ohio he's in Florida right now. But again, I think of Rick bear I think of the Ellison brothers, I think of Ryan Butler, I think of Steve Collier, um, I think of um, you know just great bottom bulb racers Of course Nick Hastings but you'd already mentioned him, I mean these guys. This that state's full of talent. We we give them uh, we give them a little bit of a, a tough time here on the show at times as far as just the state of Ohio racers, but there are some tremendously talented racers in that state. But when it's all said and done, I think you're spot on with Matt Daddis being the the face of racing for that uh, very talent-rich state. The
0: the interesting dilemma with this discussion, and, and we we talked about this a little bit on last week's show, is we're obviously, with the exception of our own personal states or territories, like we're judging this as outsiders. It would be interesting because I think from the outside, Matt, in this day and age is a pretty obvious answer. I wonder if, the, if we polled racers within the state of Ohio, if we would get the same answer. I almost feel like with Matt, we would. But that's an interesting juxtaposition in each state because the outward facing face of the state and the the guy or, or gal that the racers within that state would say best represents us, I don't think are always one and the same.
1: Nah, no, very, very good point. That would be very interesting to pull the racers in the state. Uh, you know, there's some very popular figures within the state skirt, the Jaeger brothers uh, and, you know, Doug Kaplinger. That's a that's a big state with with Norwalk seemingly in one state and Killcare in another and then everything in between. So it'd be interesting to see from the people in that state who they see as the the face of racing. And, um, I still feel like Matt would be the, the choice.
0: All right. How about Oklahoma? Like for as many choices as we got from Ohio, I felt like it was a little bit more difficult to select anybody from the state of Oklahoma. Like nobody stands out right now to me. I, if, if I pick one and it might be more for as much for entertainment purposes as anything, but a guy that's really got his hands on all of the inner workings of racing within that state on a variety of levels. I'll go with, we, we, we had Phil Billy. I'll take my man, Will Billy. How about Will Carroll for the state of o- Oklahoma?
1: Yeah. Will Billy would be very difficult to argue against. Um, that's a guy, you know, he's got a good social media presence. He bounces around a little bit. I think it's, um, you know, obviously um, being from Oklahoma and, and running a drag strip, thinking of Nick Duty, you know, you, you've got you got guys that have put themselves in position to be the face of the state. I tried to stay committed on my list, Luke, to you know, immediately what popped in my head when I thought of the state. And again, being a huge college football fan, some of mine have that kind of tone to it as well. And Parker DeVore is my guy. Uh, big PD, he's a, he's an OU fan, and he's a great bottom-bulb racer. So, you know, for me, again, he just – I, just, I tried to stay committed to, to the people that popped up first in my head. That's Parker, but, man, it'd be hard to argue against Will Carroll. That's a, – he's a funny dude.
0: I agree. I agree. And, and, like I say, just kind of fingerprints, I feel like, are all over the Oklahoma racing scene. Um, another one that crossed my mind is Buddy Wood. Uh, and, and all that he's done and is doing for sportsman racing, I think that that one jumps off the page. And one that yeah. was was probably m- a little bit more prevalent when I was racing in that area and shortly there since, but I feel like is going to become much more prevalent once again as the next generation of, of Wilsons come out. The Wilson family in general, right? right that, at one time, that's Jeremy and Tim, and I guess ultimately still is. But Tim's two children, right? Gage, and he's got a daughter as well that has had tremendous success in junior dragsters. And and I know Gage is transitioning. I have a feeling that he's destined for big, big things. And just the way that that family operates, like, I feel like that's more than likely to be the face of Oklahoma in probably the not too distant future. So if we have this conversation again, five, 10 years from now, it wouldn't surprise me if that's the obvious choice
1: yeah very good point uh certainly worthy of being the choice and you know the the wilson family again as you said coming back to that and i can't hear the the name tim wilson it makes me think there was, wasn't there a singer named tim wilson didn't he sing ricky Tidwell's mama's gonna play football i think that was uh i think that was tim wilson but wait what what you don't know no. that <laughs> Man, you need so there's to, an
0: inside uh, joke, and it's no, way beyond. Uh, let me anything.
1: invite everybody to, to look up Ricky tidwell's Mama's Gonna Play Football, it's one of the best songs you'll ever listen to. <laughs> it's, a, it's amazing. Rick Cummings said, <laughs> Big Chief is the face of Oklahoma, he gaps the rest. He has gap ties to quite a few, my friend. I uh I mean I can't help but think about uh, I I drove out to Ennis to the to the motorplex to announce American Outlaws live for Britt Cummings and I uh, just about watched him (laughs) and Big Chief uh, turn to fisticuffs uh, in the water box so (laughs) that was a good time. Great memory Mm -hmm. Britt thanks for providing that.
0: Can we dedicate a whole episode to your to your memories of that? Can we like can we relive Um, that that experience?
1: Oh, man. Yeah. I'd love to talk about when I was uh, trying to get my picture taken with uh, farm truck and Asian. (laughs) That was a good time. Maybe I used a, a word that he didn't like a whole lot. Farm truck, that is. So we we just about locked horns as well. But Anyway, that's a whole other show. We'll, we'll save that one for when we really don't have anything to talk about.
0: <laughs> Fair. I, with that said, um, where are we going next? Oregon. Oregon.
1: Easy. Slam dunk. Mo Trujillo. Okay. Mo Trujillo. I think I should have looked this up. I think Mo's from Happy Valley, Oregon, if I remember right. Okay. It sounds like the most wonderful place on earth. It does I've, sound like
0: a great place.
1: I've been to Oregon. It's an amazing state. It's very clean. It's nice. The people are nice. Um, they have really good uh, berries out there. It's like the berry capital of the world.
0: You ever put berries in your cereal?
1: Oh my gosh, yes, yeah. strawberries. Okay. Yeah. Yes, strawberries and some raisin bran crunch. Make a tadpole slap a whale, son. That's uh, I mean that's a uh, that's good stuff. Let's just say that banana slices in your cereal. That's good stuff too. You do that? Oh, you don't eat cereal. I forgot. You're communist.
0: Yeah, no. But I, I'll do it on oatmeal or uh, yogurt. No. Mm. Oh,
1: my God. You run out of stuff to, to eat. Yeah. We, we may
0: not be able to hang out this week. Why not, we not just eat
1: the fruit and throw that other shit in the, in the garbage can? Did I just
0: say that? Oh, my God. We're live. <laughs> Welcome to the live edition of the. <laughs> I'm
1: about to get fired. Oh, my God. I can't believe I said that right here live. I got but You said oatmeal I mean what was I supposed to say
0: Yeah, fair fair I uh all, I have also like you been to Oregon I feel like I, I got the best of Oregon we were there in July of this year it was gorgeous I was there I think, in July when I went I think right now is not necessarily it seems like the sun doesn't come out for months in Oregon like there's there's probably a time where it's not yes, the most pleasant place but when
1: I was there you get one of these right now.
0: yeah when I was there gorgeous Gorgeous. I, I was struggled. there in July. It
1: was 99 for the High Luke. It was there. It was their heat record. 99. The low was 61 degrees on the same day. A 38 <laughs> degree weather swing. It was incredible. I'm sorry. Nice. I digress.
0: I struggled with Oregon. When I, when I think Oregon, I think Woodburn. And most of the guys and gals are a fair amount, at least that, that kind of stand out in that area. I think they live in Washington. So I kept coming up with names I'm like, ah, no, I think they live in Washington. I think that lives in Washington. Dylan Howe was the best I could come up with from the state of Oregon, which is probably unfair because Dylan's relatively new to the scene, young guy. But when I think Oregon, I, I think Dylan Howe, I think I got to do better, but that was the first name that came to mind. Your are that, that sounds
1: right. Yeah, I, and I, I definitely really only had one choice because Mo's the only racer I know from there. But um but he still would have won it because I mean his name's Mo.
0: So. What about our guy, uh, Michael Pliska? Is he Oregon or is he Washington?
1: Oh Pliska is um oh.
0: Might have to do I think he's to. Oregon. I'm I'm gonna need a ruling, but that that thing, he's in the running.
1: Yes, yes he is. Most definitely. Pen-
0: Pennsylvania.
1: Uh, Pennsylvania um, we we will refer to your list because I agree with it I cannot think of the great state of Pennsylvania and racing without thinking of producer Mark Um, he was once a bottom bulber now he has transitioned mainly to the dark side uh, and I'm guilty as charged as well so I'm not picking at producer Mark but uh, he uh, he he and AJ Cassini and Uh, Chuck Taurosi, those guys, Bottom Bulbers, near and dear to my heart, love them. And um, I think of those guys first and foremost, but I think your list is is very solid.
0: So I got to admit, the word association game, hold on, hold on. Let me get this for the live audience. (laughs) When I think PA, I think my man Hammer, Danny Northrup. I don't I don't know if that's if that's obviously this entire list is very subjective. I don't know if that's everybody. That's the first name that comes to mind to me. The more that I think about this and I'm going to need a ruling here. I, I think the reason that Danny sticks out more to me than John De Bartolomeo, who would be in the running for me, is I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Big Jet, I may need a ruling. Think Johnny D. That that was New Jersey for a long time, and then transitioned to PA. Producer Mark may actually be able to to better speak to this.
1: Yeah, uh, Johnny D. I, I felt like was one of those like like Delawares or something like that. I I wasn't sure. It seemed like he was over there in one of those little tiny states, but he might have been Jersey.
0: I think it was Jersey. I think you're getting confused because it was the Puerto Rican Dream. But I think he was always yeah. based out of the base, out of
1: Jersey. You know what? I think he won the first bracket finals. Was that in Delaware?
0: I thought that was in York, PA.
1: Yeah, it was in York, PA. Yes, it was. I don't know why I keep thinking Delaware, but. You just
0: hooked yes. on Bastianelli. I just, I want to keep talking so people can see my cap. I was going to wear it the whole episode, Jed, but my black background, it kind of, it it fades in. It looks like I'm, a, I'm, I'm battling cancer or something. Like I, I think I got to go back to Mosier, but I just wanted to. Just wanted to represent a little bit.
1: You you wore that well, Look looked team really tape, good.
0: Baby. team tape.
1: Looked real, really good. But we did get a I really think good. Pennsylvania, I think of the Dominos. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I see that. Pliska is in Oregon.
0: Got an official yeah. ruling, so we have to weigh that. Pliska Trajillo. It's it's a toss-up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um I still think Mo does it for me, but Pliska hits the bottom way more than Mo ever dreamed of. So maybe he should win it.
0: You and your bottom Bulbers. You and your bottom them. We, we did get through the entire Pennsylvania discussion and we didn't discuss Jeff Sarah. Obviously Sarah's in the running. I just, Sarah's such a quiet guy. Like he does his work on the track. Northrop. Northrop's just flamboyant, man. Like you just, you you know, Danny's there. And for some reason, you know, he's from PA for some reason that resonates with me.
1: Yeah. And one of the most important figures in bracket racing, uh, both in the lanes and and behind the promoter's desk is Michael Beard. Uh, It's hard to narrow down Michael to, to a state that he could be the face of. He obviously lives in Ohio, but um, you know, he's from Pennsylvania. Um, Obviously, raced at uh at uh, uh beaver bob's facility so he talks about that a lot as a youngster so he could be the face of pennsylvania if he lived there but he don't
0: yeah i mean that's like trying to, to nail scotty down to a state right like th- it's just irrelevant <laughs> it for this really discussion. yeah or you <laughs> oh, yeah or me for that matter right Yeah, it's, it's irrelevant to this conversation rhode island Do they race in rhode island
1: I uh, couldn't imagine how they could race as the state even big enough for a drag strip. I mean, I don't think
0: you got room to park anybody. You could race in Rhode Island. You got park in Delaware. <laughs> yeah,
1: if there's a, if there's an airstrip there, that's probably the longest piece of pavement that they could get in the state. Um, but I'm pretty sure that the the number one Portuguese racer on earth is from the state of Rhode Island. And that's Manny Souza. We talked about Manny possibly being in the face of racing from Florida he you know there was a time when when he was that well known that well traveled but um i think i'm going to give manny rhode island just because we got to put somebody in there and he's really the only racer i ever heard of from there
0: so he is our de facto rhode island representative south Carolina,
1: south kakalaki this is your choice and it's impossible to to debate uh, there's a lot of great racers i think of from south carolina um certainly the maddox gang uh that's a that's a great group of racers love those guys but your choice here is the choice from South Carolina
0: yeah it's KB I think that's a layup yeah. um I mean there was a time where you could argue Scott Duggins maybe even like uh I think Kevin Scales was a was a South Carolina guy in his heyday But that was a, that kind of overlapped with Duggins and I think Duggins probably always trumped him but yeah to right now you say South Carolina I, I think of the rabbit I think KB
1: yeah And South Carolina is one of those weird states. Again, there's a lot of them, but it's got a, you know, down there where Carolina Dragway is right on the Georgia line. And then you get on up to where it meets North Carolina and it gets a little different, like it's two different states. But KB is the representative from South Carolina. Slam dunk.
0: Jed, do they race in South Dakota?
1: Uh, I don't know if they race in South Dakota, but there are some people that race that are from. South Dakota, that live there. Um, Friend of the podcast, Thomas Gall, Gall Star. Um, My understanding is that Thomas lives in South Dakota. Now, I'm not sure if that's 12 months out of the year, but I think Thomas may have a couple of places where he hangs out a little bit, but
0: unfortunately for Thomas, I think it is 12 months out of the
1: year. But I know the next one, and I wasn't aware that Thomas lived in South Dakota. So that was not the choice for me. I was looking for people in South Dakota and my source put me on Thomas. But this guy I know lives in South Dakota and I think of him. And that's Chad Fergan, great social media presence, um, seems like a really talented fabricator and builder and a guy that can take pretty much any type of project car and turn it into something really cool and special. And it all plays out on social media for me to get to see. So when I think South Dakota, I think of Chad Fergan. That's a good pick.
0: Fer- Fergan's fun, and and I think you definitely like you associate him with the state. Yes, it might be the pick. But I'm going to tell you, I tried to, I tried to give Iowa to Thomas Gall, and he doesn't live anywhere near Iowa. So I think he's got to be my representative for South Dakota just by, yeah, because that process of elimination is a process of something. Transfer yeah. property. There's something there. so, so yeah, some fancy term. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but Thomas, I, I could see where Thomas would be that, but, uh, you know, that may be my next time around. But this time around for me, it was Chad Bergen.
0: Okay. Fair. We can agree to disagree, big kid.
1: How about
0: do. the state of Tennessee? I feel like you could go a lot of different ways here. The right answer is probably Edmund Richardson. Although kind of need a ruling. I feel like Big E should be the exception to the rule. He's lived in Tennessee for like three decades, right? At, at some point, yeah. at some point you you you've you associate him with that state. I still give him a history, I still, I still think of Big E as a Texan, right? But 30 years now it feels like he's got seniority. Um but I, I said all that to say this like he's not my pick because being in one place for your whole life, for your whole racing career, it still means something to me, big Jid. When I think the state of Tennessee, I think about my man racing, Jason Lynch. I think he personifies racing in that state.
1: Yeah, they, again, couldn't argue with that. Uh, certainly somebody that's known coast to coast or around the world, for that matter, as uh, as being a accomplished and talented racer and, you know, anytime i think you start seeing people get interviewed on these live feeds and those type things and seeing them win these big races they can easily become the 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 name or face of the state for you when you you're not familiar with a lot of racers in the state i know a ton of racers in tennessee and by the way tennessee you can be in memphis and be a tennessee racer and you can be in bristol and be a tennessee racer so Tennessee is an absolute mess trying to figure out you know what pockets you want to choose the the face from but for me Luke this is a slam dunk I mean you talk about somebody that that just bleeds Tennessee he's a huge UT fan he's a social media monster and he's just loved by everybody it's hot rod it's Rodney Fincham. Um, he he talks Tennessee he's a hillbilly from the hills of Tennessee, he eats uh, potted meat and spam, he sleeps in his truck, he huckle bucks, he uh, bellers up, he put basketballs in the chassis of a minivan one time because it was squatting and making the front wheels spin. So he went to Walmart and bought basketballs and put them in the chassis and blew them up a little bit so it couldn't squat and it would move quicker. I mean, this guy's Tennessee through and through hot rod rodney finch
0: it is hard to argue with that picture <laughs> he's,
1: he's incredible I,
0: I think i've done a, a poor job this episode we blew it up last time around but those of you that the, the hashtag loyal listener tuning in live we would love to hear your feedback right place your vote who oh, did we definitely. miss who are we like the, the more interaction we can get here the better um, yeah, some good picks there in Tennessee, and you could go a lot of different ways there too. Another state that covers a lot of ground, and that I think you could obviously go a lot of different ways. The Lone Star State, Big Jed. This one's interesting because for as long as I can remember, there was an obvious answer to this. And it's changed over the years, but there was always somebody that seemed like it's they stood out from Texas, right? Whether it was the Richardson brothers the Heffler brothers. Um, there was a a time where it's probably the Emmons brothers might still be for that matter. Um, Tommy Costales, Tommy Phillips, right? Right now. I don't, I don't see Texas and not, uh, there's not one in there. There's not one distinct name that jumps to mind is like, that is by far the personality of the state. Is there one that jumps out for you?
1: Uh, not one. I mean, immediately, I think uh, Ryan Gleghorn, because I'm close to Ryan, I work with Ryan. He he works my events, so I thank him. He doesn't live and bleed Texas. Uh, he's a he's an Alabama football fan. He he certainly embraces his his Texas stomping grounds, but Ryan to me just doesn't live and breathe Texas. Um, Jake Howard, the Sandlin brothers, you know, obviously the. The the list that you talked about is, I mean, you're talking about some of the best and biggest names in the sport for decades. It's impossible to narrow down Texas. I'm a I'm a huge fan of the Hamlin family. Uh, getting to know Daryl and Scooter, uh, certainly Page. Um, you know, <laughs> easy, easy now. There's some show notes being put up there. Let's let's relax a little bit. <laughs> yeah, put L O L on it. I can let it slide. But Um, but it's really to me impossible to narrow down Texas. I want to say the Pennington brothers. Uh, There's three of them. They're talented. They're fun. They get out and they travel quite a bit. So to me, I want to say the Pennington's would be the top choice, but I don't know if there's a clear choice in Texas, Luke.
0: Here's the thing about Texas. And, and I can say this like I, I'm not a I'm not a blue blood. Right. I'm, I'm not. I wasn't born and bred in Texas. Spent a lot. Spent the, the bulk of my youth there. I think I understand how Texans think. Right. If we're going to label someone, anyone as the face of the state of Texas, Tony, to your point about Gleghorn, like they gotta be Texas through and through, right? There is a there is a persona that goes along with being the face of Texas, right? And as much as I love, let's say, um, the Gallettis, right? Texas, like that, that I don't, I don't look at, at Corey or Chris and it does doesn't scream Texas to me, right? Same with Austin Williams, right? Like Austin, very Texas proud, right? Look at him and think that's Austin doesn't personify like Cowboy Emmons family same way the Penningtons Pennington's big jet I mean this is the same group that when Peter Biondo had to go to a a, a dance with his daughter as a cowboy guess who chumped in, who chimed in and provided the boots the hat it came from the Pennington that's a Texas thing right so there's There's the racing end, there's the face of it end, and there is just true blue South Texas. I think it's the Penningtons.
1: Well, again, I I don't disagree with you on the Penningtons. How much cowboy they got in them? I mean, they might have some cowboy boots, but who don't have cowboy boots in Texas?
0: Have you Uh, seen any of the footage, a little cash holding on to a sheep?
1: I don't that, think I've seen that.
0: That don't happen nowhere, but Texas, big jet. It's like a it's a rodeo type thing, is how they pitch it. Like, hey, you're gonna ride on a sheep like it's a like it's a baby yeah. bull. It's like a damn race, and you just try to hold on, and cash don't let go. That sheep gets it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I ain't holding on to that thing. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely Texas. I like that. I need to see that. I but, mean. Uh, I'm you an
0: outsider, Big Jed. I, I I lived in Texas for 15 years and never owned a pair of cowboy boots. But that's some Texas stuff right there.
1: Yeah. You know, one thing to be Texas through and through, um, you need to kind of let me know how big and bad you are. I mean, you know, that's uh, Texas is everything's bigger in Texas and that includes the egos. So you, you gotta, you gotta kind of get in my face and let me know how big and bad you are and, some of these people on this list kind of all shucks you know when they when something good goes for them but when you see them post on looking for a trailer you know must be 42 feet must be the nicest gold rush in the in the world it must be perfectly clean never been farted in uh you know it's like okay <laughs> you're looking for a hundred and thirty thousand dollar trailer so uh it tells me that that you your ego is pretty big and you are um big and bad enough to do it so i i you know again no offense to the penningtons but i mean that's kind of stuff they look for so you know looking for a junior dragster must must have won three world championships and you know just on and on and on i mean okay we get it y'all get the nicest stuff i mean peeps even rode me around bristol on his dad's harley that he had that he bought and just had shipped to the track at the fall fling. For peeps to bring home with him. Just like, you know, just got him a Harley from some guy and he rode me around to pits on it. So it's the Pennington's. They're kind of badass. No mm. relation, by the way. If any of the listeners are wondering, no relation. They're very skinny. We're all fat. Good to know. I do
0: think if we're going to forecast a little bit, I do think there's a world in which we have this discussion five, 10 years from now. And, and you mentioned her, but like, I think this could be Paige Hamlin. Like, I, I, I know we're biased. But I, I feel like it could very much be trending in that direction for her in the state of Texas.
1: Page is on the rise. If, uh, if she don't let some of those friends of hers back there slow her down, she's going to make it.
0: Utah, Big Jed, with the with the demise of Rocky Mountain Raceway, did they race
1: in Utah? Not anymore. They race out of Utah, though.
0: All right, well, who races out of Utah, or is the face of Utah? Honestly, the the first name that came to mind for me was the man that made things happen at the aforementioned Rocky Mountain Raceway. When I think Utah, I think Mike Eames.
1: Yes. You got to thank Mike Ames uh, because he is Utah and he's a, uh, you know, he's a, a guy that still resides there and certainly did wonderful things for racing in the state uh, and does announcing on the NHRA side, does it for the flings, you know, talented guy that uh, is fun to work with. Love that dude. But Luke when I think racers and I think Utah and you know I'm comfortable in my own skin here but some of the prettiest dudes you've ever seen race out of Utah and that's the Theobald brothers Parker and Tanner I mean those are some good looking men you know I don't know what else you'd do in Utah other than work out and take care of yourself I don't think there's much else to do out there uh you know if you I mean if you If you got a job, obviously you do that. But when you go home, what else would you do? But just go to the gym. So the Theobald brothers definitely have uh, have used their lack of anything else to do in Utah to their advantage. And they are beautiful, beautiful men. And I think of them.
0: That's a good pick, too. That's a good pick. I'll give a, a shout out to I'm probably wrong in saying this, but I'll go out on a limb and say perhaps the only NHRA Sportsman World Champion to hail from the state of Utah? Oh, got to be. How about my man, Alan Ellis? Got to be. Could be the face. Could be the face. All right. Um, I just love your notes, Big Joe. The old Brothers are the easy choice here. Good-looking men. Good they looking
1: are men. beautiful. And I've spent way too much time talking about how good-looking they are. But, again, very comfortable in my own skin and feel like I can say that.
0: As we transition to the state of Virginia, I think the theme applies. Most everyone we're going to talk about from the state of Virginia, good-looking men.
1: Yeah, Speaking of good-looking men.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and the top of that list for me, like I could go a few different directions here. I could make an argument for a few different racers. But ultimately, I think Virginia, I, I think of the best-looking of them all, Big Jet, the guy that's got it all, and we can't be jealous of because he's just so damn cool. We talk <sighs> about him every other episode, but it's, it's Anthony Pertozzi.
1: It's definitely Antoine. He is Virginia. He uh, he definitely is a good-looking man. He cooks one of the best steaks that you know. When when you get his meat in your mouth, look, it's it's just you just know it's been cooked to perfection. Uh, so I, I really enjoy that from Antoine. If I could, you know, just pick features of individuals. Virginia would probably be the state I would lean on. I'd like to have, you know, Kevin Pollard's size. I think Kevin Pollard, when I think Virginia, I'd like to have Jeff Birdie's smile. It's easily the best smile in racing and just Anthony's physique and money and talent. I don't think money's a feature though, is it? Let's just add that to the feature list. Sure. Might as well be. So, yeah. Uh, I could just go to Virginia and if I could rebuild myself, I could do it out of Virginia and I'd be perfectly fine.
0: Why do we why, why do we not hate Anthony Bertozzi? He's got everything we should hate.
1: He's a good race, <laughs> he won't let you. He's
0: he's good looking. He he cooks well. Is there anything he doesn't do well? You should, we shouldn't like him.
1: No. Nah, I wish his breath stunk or something, but I don't even think that's the case. <laughs> I, mean, I think I think he just he's just perfect.
0: He wakes up with fresh breath, he <laughs> Yeah,
1: he pisses excellence.
0: Uh, Shouts to Steve Withrow. I don't think we mentioned the W. If it yeah. wasn't for Anthony Bertozzi, I think he'd actually get my vote, but nobody trumps Antoine.
1: Couldn't agree more whether I was a, a worthy competitor, but Antoine's the guy.
0: What if we went up to the great Northwest? We discussed Washington a little bit when we talked mm-hmm. to Oregon. State of Washington. Who stands out for you? Who is easy, the best? Choice. easy, easy
1: choice. choice? Easy choice. Easy uh, choice. You know, you you want to thank Brad Plord because he's from Washington, but he's an Ooh, Alabama guy now. That's a so good one. I
0: need a ruling, but yeah, that's
1: he, a good one. Nah, Plouard's out. He's he's he lives in Holly Pond, Alabama. So there's no chance of him getting a vote for Washington. For me, it's the only guy from the state of Washington, or only person from the state of Washington that's ever slept on my couch. And that would be Steve Kelly. Uh, Steve Kelly is the choice here for me, uh, and I understand your list is probably uh, worthy of the win for sure, but just love Steve Kelly, and I can't think of Washington Racing without thinking of Steve Kelly.
0: I just love your reasoning. That's fantastic. <laughs> I slept on my couch. I, mean, I think um, another one, if we forecast, and and then his situation brings it to mind right now, Like I think he'd make a valid argument today, Cooper Chun. And I, and I think if it wasn't for the situation Cooper's in five, 10 years from now, he was he's definitely on the path to to being that guy. Uh, Jim Glenn is obviously your your current reigning NHRA world champion, but if we just zoom out like from a totality perspective, the guy that is the face of that state and probably has been for a lot of years, if you want to boil it down, I can't think the state of Washington without thinking Jody Lang, another yeah. friend of the podcast.
1: Yeah, home run choice. Jody Lang definitely is what could be the face of racing out of that uh, out of that group. It'd be hard to pick a winner. But if you had to, I think Jody Lang definitely uh, would be labeled the guy from Washington that comes to mind most and represents the state the best.
0: Big tires in the back. That's questionable on Jody Lang's Eliminator ride, but small tires in the front. He's got that checked
1: off. You can't get big tires on a Malibu wagon without getting the blue wrench out. Luke. it only holds small ones.
0: You can get the little bitty ones on the front though. Jody don't have no trouble with that.
1: No, you can get the little ones. West Virginia. And you need little ones to hit the bottom in that, but go ahead. Obviously, but
0: hit it, he does. Hit it, he does. West Virginia, you had a name on the list. I had a name on the list. We both missed it. I don't, I think this is producer Mark came in, in green here on the on the on the document. Ronnie Proctor is the right answer. Friend of the podcast, former top sportsman, world champion. I had Chuck Sanders just because that's the only racer I know from the state of West Virginia. But I, I I think Ronnie Proctor is the right answer.
1: Yeah, Ronnie Proctor could definitely be the right answer. And my guy doesn't get out and travel a whole bunch. He, he spends more time uh, taking his kids racing anymore. So, uh, you know, I, I get how he would not win this uh, across the the country if you took a poll but Jeff Stewart for me uh Stewie a uh, guy that that I used to get to run around with quite a bit back in the day when we all traveled a whole lot when it was easy to do but now that we all have some responsibility that's not quite as quite as easy as it used to be but for me it's Stewie it's Jeff Stewart but Ronnie Proctor definitely should be the choice
0: now uh, we've got three states and a country remaining is that how we're going to close this out
1: Oh, yeah. 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 That's right. We definitely had to uh, add um, an, another country.
0: As we as we proceed in alphabetical order, Big Jet, I struggled with the state of Wisconsin. I feel like there's a lot of racetracks in Wisconsin. There's a lot of racers from the state of Wisconsin. Nobody jumps to mind for me. And I'll actually I'll go Corda. Multi-time world champion from the state. I don't I don't think his show gets on the road much anymore. He doesn't own the racetrack anymore at Rock Falls, but he did for years. I still feel like his fingerprints are all over racing in that state. Word association, you say Wisconsin. I say Al Corder. How about yourself?
1: Uh, yeah, Al Corder is definitely a, a great choice there. Uh, again, I lean bottom ball. I lean people that have been in my path not a lot of Wisconsin bottom bubbers have been in my path, but Steve Stockton has um, seen Steve race quite a few times over the years, and have uh, have raced with him some as well. So uh, I think for me, it would be Steve Stockton coming to mind initially, but it'd be tough to argue against Al Corda,
0: Wyoming, Big Jed. A serious question. I know we've joked about, about this to some to some extent. Do they race in Wyoming, Big J? Does anyone race from the state of Wyoming?
1: Luke, I tried to do some research, and um, I could not find anyone that raced from Wyoming.
0: I know at one point, Douglas, Wyoming had a division race. That's like 15, 20 years ago that that place shut down. I think you would hit that on the way to Denver. I'll just throw a name out there. Dennis Keck super gas racer i know dennis Hales from the state of wyoming he is my wyoming representative if for no other reason then i honestly cannot name another name of a racer that resides in the state of wyoming
1: give me that name again dennis keck keck okay oh dennis
0: keck yeah k-e-c-k yeah. dennis keck shouts to dennis keck
1: don't know how i missed that one don't know how I missed that one, Luke. That should have been very easy for me to get Dennis Keck. Why
0: should that have been easy for you?
1: It shouldn't. I was being okay. stupid.
0: Fair, fair.
1: <laughs> All right, so uh, now we've got of,
0: a... The state of Canada. Oh, I mean... The state of Canada. state of Canada.
1: <laughs> yeah, that one's, uh, that one's a little trickier. You know, Canada is a big state. <laughs>
0: it is a big state. Uh, it gets underrated.
1: yeah definitely gets underrated but you know you think about guys that could race right on the other side of washington and guys that could race right on the other side of new york uh that's a wide wide area i can't think i mean i can think of a lot of different racers from canada and a lot of cool guys that that i really like but for me, when I think Canada and I think racing, Adam Bitzanis is the first guy that pops to my mind. It, you know, he's got the, the different looking dragster Cosmochrome. He's, uh, he's big on social media. He's got a great social media presence. And he, you know, he just, he just bleeds Canada. He, he posts pictures in his hot tub in January when you know it's like 47 below there and he's out there shirtless in his hot tub and I don't know he just bleeds Canada for me and uh, Adam's the first guy I think of when I think Canadian racers
0: yeah a lot come to mind for me I'm thinking of uh the the anger brothers uh I'm thinking of um Jason Padd
1: by the way it's on Jay oh my goodness I uh I got blasted at the million for saying an anger.
0: Okay. Well I'd have been right there with you because that's what I was yeah. that's how it's spelled.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I could help them get the right spelling on their name if it's Anjay, but it's definitely Anjay.
0: <laughs> Anjay, Okay, good to know. Good to know. Um if I had to pick one and maybe I'm I'm biased for our, our podcast brethren. I, I I think Canada, I think Andrew Stirk and I think Brendan Barker
1: most definitely uh, very very good choices because they uh they're they are representing canadian racing to the world through social media and through podcasting so those guys uh are are the right choice for sure um you know they they have uh they've made a show out of promoting canadian Racing, oh, and they talk about racing in the states as well, but but they've made a show out of promoting Canadian racing, and uh, I think uh, I think those guys are going to be trendsetters. I I'd like to see a lot more uh, from that huge country in terms of, uh, of of promoting what we love to do, because there's a there's quite a few of them that are great at coming down, crossing the border, and coming down and impacting the races that we race. Uh, across the country Um, certainly like to see them continue to promote the racing within their country and make sure that they're keeping it alive and i'm sure it's a very healthy scene up there uh, by and large but uh you know i'm i would be i'm concerned about the new blood in our in our country i'd like to see more junior dragster racing talked about more promoting, getting involved in the sport up there. Uh, Brandon and Andrew have done a wonderful job of that so far. And somebody else needs to make sure they're continuing to to help build that brand up there. So that's a huge country with a lot of talent in it. And we need to make sure that uh, we, we keep those guys moving forward and, and keep building the sport up up there. Shouts to the state of Canada. The um, love
0: it. My impression too, like, I know that there's a handful of, of really, uh amazing facilities in canada i've been to uh to grand Bend. i always get confused great Bend, grand Bend. nice place uh it looks like alberta's a really nice track uh just one or two more my impression they do a lot of racing on like old abandoned airstrips for like 10 20 grand it ain't nothing for them to just roll out the glue on the on the old airstrip and race for a bunch of money (laughs) a
1: little different little different uh by the way andy klosky um I definitely think of, of Andy Klosky as well. When I think Canadian racing, he's, he's over in the British Columbia, Vancouver area, Jeff Coleman guys over there. So, um, just a huge state, you know, obviously it's a country. And Moss,
0: which in, in my type of racing, Moss, Moss, comes down and makes a, makes okay. a splash pretty regularly. I saw a vote for Casey pleasure. Is Casey a Canadian? I was thinking Casey was a like Washington guy. Is he, is he Canada?
1: Oh, I don't Canada. know which one of those States he's from. It's on
0: up there. My I, somebody typed it. It's got to be. Got to be. Know,
1: we got Jamie Bridge, Jamie Tupper, yeah. uh, Richard Arnold. We got a lot of guys that that travel down here to race. A lot of, and I love every one of them. I, I've had a blast. I feel like the exercise to name everyone
0: interested. we can think of from the state of Canada.
1: Yeah, because um, you know we want to make sure they know that that we remember them and that we love them, and we do so. I feel like I have named everybody from Canada that I know that races.
0: I'm sure we missed somebody,
1: but the winners probably uh, it's combo. It's, it's Andrew Sturt and Brandon Barker. They're doing the most for Canadian racing for sure. Hard to argue that.
0: I think that's all we got. We covered we covered fifty one states.
1: Well, I don't, we, yeah, I guess we got them all. Uh, we didn't have some, a, an answer from room, all right? of them. I don't think.
0: We didn't, we didn't yeah. give a state to Peter today. Should we go back and redo it? He got like six of them last time.
1: Well, uh, we'll just say whatever state he races in next, it'll be his.
0: Can we give him Ohio?
1: Oh, he'd win Ohio easy. <laughs> Nobody in Ohio can race with Peter. I mean, really?
0: All right, That's it. That's all I got. That's it. That's the show. Are we done? I think we're done. You got anything else? Man.
1: No. No, I don't have anything else. Uh, I got a. Got a bowl of Cocoa Krispies with my name on it. So let's wrap this up. That uh, that does it for us, guys. Another fun show. We appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate those of you that uh, took some time to interact with us during uh, during the show. That was a, That's always fun. And these live shows are a little stressful for me, but uh, I guess it's getting a little less stressful each time. I don't know how many more we're gonna do, but maybe none. Nonetheless, uh, if you enjoyed the show or if you didn't enjoy the show, there's a place for you to let us know about it. It's the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page. Uh, this show will get posted on there. I don't know when we do a live show, do we wait till Friday, do we post it tomorrow? I don't know what we do, but whenever it gets posted, there's a place there that you can uh, comment on it. And you can tell us, guys, you really suck at this, or you know, need a haircut or this little white patch thing, really try to clean that up before you come back on. Or you can say, man, we love you, Jed. The Theobald brothers might be pretty, but nobody's any prettier than you. Uh, You know, whatever you got to say, I'm here to listen to it. If you don't want to put it out for the world, you can send it private message. Producer Mark will snag that right up and he'll tell us. He only tells us what you say good. If you got something bad to say, he kind of protects us and doesn't tell us about it, which is what you know we like for him to do. So say something good. Yeah. Yeah. Say something good and uh, producer Mark will tell us what you said. Luke. I saw a couple of times we were talking and you would go to the, to the notebook there. I know that you got some incredible shouts. I can't wait.
0: The listener can see this live now. Like it's, I feel like yeah. I'm giving away the shouts. I got yes, to figure out a better system here.
1: You you were giving them away, but I really have no idea what was said when you were writing because if we said so much, so it's uh, your you free game. You got this.
0: Shouts to the listener in the live show. I feel like, I feel like the vibe got off on minute one and I don't know that we ever recovered yet. It, we, it may be the last live show. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Shouts to the uppercase W. I still call Withrow that just because his boy Alan used to race and I called him the lowercase W. So the big W is always the, the big W. Shouts to your calculator okay. app. What was the percentage again? 71 something? 71.4. Shouts to, and I'm going to need help on this one, Big Jed. Shouts to Ricky Tidwell's mama is going to play football.
1: Yes. Yes. Tim Wilson.
0: Can you, can you, can you sing us a line? Like I'm not familiar with this. Well,
1: I just like hit the, I can just hit the, you know, the main line. It's Ricky Tidwell's mama's going to play football. Uh, Ricky Tidwell's mama was tough. And okay. uh, she, she, uh, I think her boy got run over a little bit on the football field. So she did what mamas do.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: She got out there and handled the business. So y'all shouts, look it
0: up. Shouts to Tim Wilson. <laughs> I think that was his name. Shouts to Manny Sousa, the de facto king of Rhode Island. Shouts to the Bluebird. Cause how can you talk about Manny without the Bluebird? Oh
1: my gosh. Amazing stories. What was that? That was number one.
0: Oh, just number one. I thought I Many. thought you were giving me some kind of signal there. Like no,
1: no, no. That would yeah, if I
0: the if video I was doing thing. That, that would the video thing's really throwing me off. I mean, you get the one, the white patch. I just yeah I don't know about this live thing. Yeah, I don't know. Shouts what that is, to pretty dudes and good looking men. Yeah. And the boys. Shouts to Dennis Keck, King of Wyoming. Shouts to the state oh, of yeah. Canada. And last but certainly not least. Shouts to Dave Harvey Jr. and cereal and the Land of Fairies.
1: The great stuff. Oh, that might have been your best shout list ever. Keck, yeah. Great job, bro. Great job. I forget I'm live. I just adjusted myself on this little couch thing I'm sitting on. And I mean, I just got right up in this boy like this right here. It's probably easier for y'all to see my white patch. Guys, we're very active on the Twitter. Uh, I look at it at least once a month. So if you, uh, if you would love to at me or at Luke, please do so. We'd like to be added together. Um, Luke is at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I. I am at JP11X. Hadn't heard from you on the Twitter in a while. Please uh, somebody at us, just say, hey, enjoyed the show. And that's all you really need to say. But if you wanna say something about this white patch, that's cool too. Uh, but we just wanna hear from you. We appreciate you tuning in. It's been a great time. It's been a lot of fun going live with you again. Uh, We hope you enjoyed it, and we can't wait to talk to you again real soon about more Sportsman Dragons.